the Arsenal Therapy Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Arsenal Therapy Podcast. My name is Farhan, also known as Gunner since 96. And joining me here this evening to discuss uh, Arsenal's emphatic victory against Leicester is AFC Monty and James Payne. Um, boys, another three points in the bag. Uh, that's six mm-hmm. out of six. Um, we, we, you know, we're, we're off to a flying start and um, it seems like our rivals around us continue to um, fall and embarrass themselves. Uh, you know, we were just talking <laughs> off air uh, about United and that shockingly um, incredible victory, or sorry, loss, I should say, against Brentford. Um Wow, like Cutless. Cutless yeah, performance. Yeah, uh, I mean, we, 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 we'll touch on that in a little bit. But um, uh, myself and and Monty, we were lucky enough to attend our first home game of the season. Uh, Monty, how was that for you? Oh, mate, I was electric. That was actually electric, and uh, I mean, I've been looking forward to this day for a long time. Um, just seasons back, everyone's back at the Emirates. I've kind of lost my voice a little bit. It's a little bit croaky, but um, now honestly the atmosphere pre-game I've not witnessed ever us being so up for a season Um, and I would compare the atmosphere today pre-game to the North London derby last year which is still the most insane atmosphere I've been in um, because that was just 90 minutes of singing Um, but yeah honestly mate I'm, I'm I was just buzzing everyone's buzzing the team is buzzing like everyone just thrives off it and it was just a great performance I mean it was a bit it was a bit unfortunate we didn't get a clean sheet but apart from that we could have scored like eight nine goals there was just so many opportunities that we had um great it was great honestly it was great get getting there was fine it was just it was nice to be walking down walking down from Finsbury Park as you walk towards the stadium everyone's singing people buying their merchandise you've got the kids going to their first game Oh, it was just a lovely day. Lovely day. Sun was out. The, the f- beautiful football on, on watch. Leicester didn't really get to do much. They just watched us play for 90 minutes, which was great. But apart from that, I, I had a great time. What about you, Farah, mate? How was it yeah. on your end? Yeah, honestly, it was... I mean, I didn't know I was going to go to the game until yesterday where <laughs> I decided to go on ticket exchange just to see. Because, um, you know, even yesterday I was in two minds like, oh, should I do it? Should I not? There's no point. Um, I was I was looking around on Twitter to see whether someone was selling. Someone was selling box um, box box tickets um, for like 200 quid. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a bit steep. Uh, but luckily, I don't know how I managed to do it. I just went on the ticket exchange um refreshed it a few times and then loads of options started to come up and i was like oh my god um and then one of one of the seats um that that met my like price um budget came up and i was like you know what rather than because i'm the type of guy that likes to um you know continue playing my luck um you know maybe something better will come up but then this time around i was like no i need to let me just let me just get it so quickly uh ended up purchasing it one of my cousins um, was also looking. Apparently, he was looking all day on ticket exchange, but he couldn't find a single thing. And there was me, first 10 minutes, managed to find something. I managed to find something for him as well, but um, he couldn't arrange cover for work, which was unfortunate because, you know, he missed out on one hell of a game. But yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was beautiful. It was really nice. The route that I usually take, because um, obviously I drive, uh, so I had to park up um, uh, Caledonian Road. Uh, so there's a road on Caledonian Road where I usually always park up and then I just kind of walk to the stadium. Um, so walk up Caledonian Road and then come 
uh, at the back of uh, Holloway Road, not really at the back of, but kind of in the middle of Holloway Road, um, walk down and then, yeah, um, just like you, mate, just, you know, the atmosphere, just breathing it all in. Uh, you can, you can smell the the burgers <laughs> on the, on the, on the fryer, um, you know, pre-match uh, lunches and stuff. Everyone's, you can just hear the hubbub, the noise, the atmosphere, loads of kids as well. Obviously, you know, it's holiday mm-hmm. time. So a lot of kids go into the games um, and yeah, it was just really, really nice. It, Have you managed to go to that, uh, the hog roast place that's like by the Arsenal station? It's, it's banging to be fair there's always a big old big old queue for it though <laughs> yeah no no yeah I've, I've heard of it but no i haven't i haven't uh, oh. been able to go myself because obviously where where i walk from yeah, is the, the other side, side. Yeah. yeah um but I, I usually have this one spot it's just it's just like a normal chicken shop um on on, on holloway road and uh, yeah my, my my standard meal is usually a quarter pounder chips and a drink <laughs> maybe a couple of wings done, as well um but today I, I i i went a little bit rogue um and i instead i got a six inch from subway because of the weather for mm, let me keep it light you know just in case because you 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 saying that i might be in the sun worried me a little bit um, yeah obviously i didn't know um what it was gonna be like but actually surprisingly it was just yeah i think the top was just was just okay yeah. wasn't it yeah the top was just fine it was so, it was towards the end of the game it, the, the 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 club level started yeah. getting in the sun yeah 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 yeah. and um w- when i first went into the stadium what i usually do like my because i have my own pre-match kind of traditions um mm-hmm. so you know i'll get my i'll get my lunch or, or, or dinner or whatever and then the first thing that i'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll enter the stadium half an hour before kickoff and then i'll go down right to the bottom to see the boys um warm up um start you know uh, shouting their names clapping them on whatever mm-hmm. just soaking it all in and then 10 minutes before kickoff i'll go up to the seat so when i went down to see them warm up it was baking hot like the sun was like ringing down on us yeah. and um um yeah i was just thinking oh my god if it's like out there i don't know if i'm going to be able to um watch it without like fainting uh luckily went upstairs and um yeah it was absolutely fine got really good seats as well so really chuffed about that but yeah uh the atmosphere was electric it was beautiful and and, and you know i tweeted this straight after the game there was it it, it felt like there was something happening like it you know yeah. i've been to you know, I've been fortunate enough to go to many um, games at the Emirates, but it felt special. Like it felt like we were a special club, um, and I haven't been, I haven't felt that privilege before. You know, like I'm an Arsenal fan, and to to to, have be, to be an Arsenal fan holds weight, or, or it did before in the past. And I and I felt that feeling again today. Like I felt so privileged to be there because I was watching a great team put on a real great display of football um, and like I said I haven't felt like that for a very long time and so today I think it just confirmed it for me that you know we are building something really special this season and you know I've, I've said it before in a few private conversations and I'm more than happy to say it again I think Arsenal will achieve something really really special this season I think they will um, I really do I really do and it, you know it it it, 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 it takes a lot for me to say that because um, I know what Arsenal are like, uh, especially key, mm-hmm. key moments of the season where, you know, they have to get the job done. They end up, you know, tripping over their own laces, um, pardon the pun. But this season, it just seems like, you know, we are cooking something really delicious and the boys are there on the table. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree with you, but I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm just waiting for the Liverpool City game. 
because that that that's the test. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if we if we if we can beat them at home, I'm not really too fussed about Anfield and Etihad, but if we can beat them at home. That is a very big sign of consent. If we get slapped four 0 then we're just not there yet. You know what I mean? Mm. So that that's what I'm waiting for. What? But what? Yeah, what look- just, it's going to be great. It's going to be it's going to be a good season. And do you know what I think's funny is uh, mm. my my streak continues. I've still never seen yeah. us lose uh, yeah. lose a league game. Yeah, I was thinking about you actually when we were scoring, uh, when we scored the third or, or I think fourth goal. I was like, yeah, Monty, uh, uh, Monty's continu- Monty's streak continues. Yeah, and, literally. Um, I was like, mate, it's, it's the way we answered. Like when they scored, we just can, we scored straight yeah, away scores, after it. Yeah, crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. It was really, really good. Um, of course, we're going to go into that. And um, look, um, to you as well, Monty, welcome to the first post-match uh, um, analysis show because, oh, yeah. um, you know, Thanks this is the, yeah, this is basically the first show that you're doing where we do the Arsenal Therapy podcast properly. <laughs> um, um, and um, yeah, so, so during the shows, just as an introduction, in case you don't know, um, we do analyze the games in depth we like to talk to them in talk, talk about them in intervals so i usually break them down to 10 minute intervals but um i, I don't know i think it's a bit much so um yeah we'll talk about key moments of the game um talk about players who you know um stuck out um important moments uh, that kind of stuff but before we do that james unfortunately you were not able to attend the game Hello. because you live millions of miles away but it's okay <sighs> because we're here to give you all the juicy bits. Um, but yeah, I mean, how did you find the game? I know you didn't get to watch it, but obviously you did catch Look, the highlights man. and you did catch bits and bobs. What did you think? The first home I ca- I game of the season? And we, yeah. Oh. First of all, first of all, really happy for you guys. It's an incredible feeling going to the first home game this season. Uh, I, was, I'm luck- I was lucky enough to do it uh, a few times in London. Well, I, I went to, I think it was the first three home games of a season or maybe four. Um, so I, I, that, that always sticks in my mind. I know what it's like to go to the Emirates right at the start of the season. It, it, it is buzzing. And uh, for, you, for you to both go, go today when we're, we're, when we're on this high and we're, we've, we've signed all these players and it's just a new sense of optimism. But yeah, I did watch um, bits and pieces from the game. I was out with family, but <laughs> I kind of made it my, made it my mission to... Um, watch the game as well so I was kind of doing stuff with them then checking scores then looking at highlights then looking at the game on a stream and then I shouldn't probably mention that but who cares um thank you to the accounts for that by the way there was there was some good there were some good ones out there today um but uh yeah um absolutely amazing um just when I was <laughs> when I wasn't doing it when I wasn't watching it intently uh, it just kept popping up on my phone that we'd <laughs> they'd scored, then we'd scored, then we we scored again. It's like you know, it's, we, it seemed like we played absolutely brilliantly, brilliantly today. And uh, long may it continue because I'm here for it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, before we obviously talk about the game, I do want to touch on the starting lineup um, as we you know traditionally do. Um, Monty, were you expecting kind of the same starting lineup as last week? Because Arteta yeah. does have this thing of you know usually sticking with the starting eleven that wins games or that performs well. He did it many times last season until uh we we, we faced yeah, really, the injuries. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah this time round literally no changes. Same starting eleven that that got the win at uh, Crystal Palace. 
Yeah, it was to be expected. Um, I mean, Tierney um, got some minutes in um, and like, obviously he was available in the Palace game. Um, and then we've just had uh, Tommy Yasu uh, back on the squad and Emil Smith-Rowe with Vieira coming next week. Um, so maybe, maybe at Bournemouth, you might see Tommy Yasu over Ben White at right back. Um but apart from that, I knew that, yeah, I was expecting at 11. I wasn't expecting any changes. We're, we're, we're flying at the moment. Um, and Leicester, they're not, all credit to us, they're not a bad team. You know what I mean? So like, you can't, you can't just get complacent from them. They've got James Manderson, Yuri Tillemans and Jamie Vardy on their team. So you've got to be on your toes. So I don't think you wanted to do any experiments with them. Um, and you might see those experiments maybe for, say, a, le- a, a lesser team in Bournemouth. Um, but no, I wasn't, too, I wasn't too surprised to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm personally not a big fan of keeping the starting eleven the same because it only only because it gives the uh, the opposition um, the game plan, uh, the blueprint. Because they'll they, they'll obviously be analysing previous performances and looking to nullify um, the kind of tactical side of you know each individual player's roles. Um, but you you can't. I mean, the only two changes you would have maybe you could argue you, you could have changed or made was uh, Zinchenko and Ben White. But Zinchenko last week was amazing. Ben White last week was amazing. Tommy Yasu and Tierney have just come back from injuries. So I think it'll be too early. And even them coming back from injury doesn't really warrant them those starts until one of those two starts to, you know, lack in their performances starts to, mm, uh, the, the momentum starts to die down a little bit. But, um, you know, as long as you've got White, Saliba, Gabriel playing in the same side, there aren't really much issues because all three of them um, have been incredible during preseason, last week as well. Even today, arguably, despite the uh, the dodgy own goal. Uh, but yeah, you know, every, every everyone else around the pitch, um, you know, pretty standard. You know, you know you're going to see Jesus Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli, Shakar and, and, and Partey. Um, and if you actually remember back to last season, our strongest start in 11 was so good that, you know, we almost got the three points at the Etihad. Um, and we, we we were given most teams in the Premier League, um, you know, a, a run for their money. Like we were able to perform at optimum level. Uh, level. So, you know, I, I, I expect the same this season. I expect Arteta to play as strong as... 11 week in week out until something happens like in a suspension an injury obviously we will need to rotate a lot more because of the Europa League games and so you know those midweek games are going to affect um the 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 squad uh, rotation and you know who gets to play etc cetera, etc cetera. i just hope the problems don't come alongside those um but yeah uh, James, what about you? Um, pretty much expected the same start in eleven, or did you expect some change, some changes? Yeah, um, you know what, I, I I did expect maybe maybe some changes, but it was good to see that uh, we go we 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 went unchanged. I mean, it, it shows that we we have a good enough squad to where we don't have to keep rotating every week or or, or changing the team, and we can just. You know, I think this is this is a season where you're going to see the majority of the same team because I think Arteta's got his players now. I think Arteta knows because they they are his players. Jesus is his player. You know, I think he know. I think he know. I, I hope that makes sense. But I think he knows uh, that he's got the players he wants. There's no, you know, there's no sort of characters in the dressing room that he doesn't want. 
So he he know he doesn't have to pick and choose who he starts or he just knows this is my team and this is a team we're gonna go with hopefully every week, touch wood. Um so you know, I think I think it just it just set, it just sets a good rhythm as well because I think having the same team is you know, you know what you're gonna expect every week, barring any injuries as I just said, but I expect us to to keep the same team. Um, the only time I'd expect rotation is in FA Cup and Europa League games and Carabao Cup games, but that's to be expected. But for the for the league, I think that's the team we're going to see mostly week in, week out. Yeah, and I'll tell you what was quite nice actually this week because last week the starting eleven was great, but then you looked at the bench and it was a little bit, ooh, it looked a bit thin. This time round, we looked really good on the bench as well. There were plenty of options. There looked like there was quite a bit of depth there. So with the likes of Tierney, Smithrow, Nketiah, Tomiyasu, Pepe, Lukonga. Um, and then obviously when Vieira comes back, there'll be Vieira as well. So um, yeah, one of the issues that I had at the beginning of this window was whether Arsenal are going to be able to tackle both quality and quantity. And it seems like they, they've kind of done that mm-hmm. in some respects. Obviously, you want to have your you want to have as much quality in the um on, on the bench, sorry, uh, players, impact players that can come on and instantly make a difference. But if you've got players like Mill Smith Rowe, Kieran Tierney, uh, Pepe to some extent, and, you know, hopefully if Vieira is what we believe he is to be, then yeah, th- there should be more than enough on the bench to, to, to come on and make a, make an impact. But, you know, today we didn't need that because Arsenal did the job absolutely wonderfully. Um, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the first 10 minutes because, I always say that, you know, the first 10 minutes or even the first minute of a game can tell you everything you need to know about how that team is going to um, go out and play, how much intensity, uh, what the, you know, approach of the game will be for that half or until, you know, somebody scores. Um, Monty, what did you, what did you think of the first opening 10 minutes, if you can remember? Yeah, no, I mean, first 10 minutes, we were pretty much on the front foot, but there were times where um, Leicester had opportunities um, and there was a little bit of shakiness. I think we, we were just sort of overconfident in some respects, um, but we sort of cleaned it up towards sort of the second half of the first half. Um, but no, it was good. It, it was just, it was good atmosphere. I think they buzzed off the crowd and they just went out all guns blazing. Um, we, we were, I mean, the, the plan was evident straight off the bat and that was to first like uh, going into their half take it wide get them spread and then we'll zip it across as quick as you can drag them out bring them back into the middle and then expose the wings um which is which is basically what we were doing and we were just unlucky not not to score really um jesus had well i mean jesus could have got a hat trick in in it was ridiculous. He could have got, got two hat tricks, really. If he yeah, honestly, that that I think it was the ball, but it might have been. I think that was actually the uh, second half. No, it was the. It was still the first half. It was still the first half. But I think it was towards the end of the first half. It was just after he scored his yeah. um, second goal, um, and he literally got like party. Sp- Split the sea like Moses and just put a ball in, but he just put a little bit too much on it. And it went apart. He went past Jesus, and um, I think it was Castanga or Ward that picked up. I can't remember. Yeah, uh, who it was. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, it was so quick. Like when we got the ball, we were just moving forward with pace, with with, with actual. There, there was the clear 
decision making going on there it wasn't just it it was like we are going over here to do this so we can bring them over to do that like there was a clear plan uh which was sort of the most exciting thing and and a lot of people and the players were were sort of knowing where each other were i mean you saw erdegaard with his cheeky flicks again um he was sort of running running the show in in the middle uh party was just sort of sweeping and he had some wayward passes but I mean, apart from that, he had a great game. And Xhaka was actually like in a way more attacking role than norm- yeah. normally thought. And I, I was saying that um, in a couple of spaces before. And it's um, how when we go from the f- the four at the back, go to three and someone fills in that role for Xhaka so Xhaka can go forward as a left attacking centre mid. Mm. Um, and that's what we, that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. And that's how he got his goal um, by, by moving up into that channel. And that's something we've not seen happen at Arsenal with like midfielders running forward since sort of the likes of Ramsey, Sandy Cazorla and Mikel Atal. We haven't really seen that since those sort of players. So it's good to see. Um, and yeah, but the way we started the game is where we ended it a hundred percent full pedal. Um, and it, yeah, it was, just, it was just good to see because I hate when you, you go into a game and the first 10 minutes are really nervy. It just sort of puts the fans on edge, but as long as you give us something to back and believe in, we'll, we'll sing you all the way through it. Yeah, and I'll tell you something else about Granite Shaka is that he's he's now becoming the all-round complete midfielder that you need in a squad. So when you think about, uh, you know, the best teams in the world, or, you know, we can even limit it down to England, your Liverpools and your cities, they have one of those midfielders who isn't the flashiest, isn't the most attractive on the eye, but you need him. You need him because he's the glue that sticks everything together. You know, I've, I've mentioned it many times before, but Liverpool with Henderson. Um, and I don't know, I feel like everyone, <laughs> everyone at City is pretty flashy. So I don't really know who, who would be a good example. I guess maybe, maybe, oh, I was just going to say Milner like an idiot, but <laughs> he's at Liverpool as well. But the point that I'm making is Granite Shaka is, um, he, 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 he is becoming the, all-round solution midfielder. Um, he's the guy... Jordan Henderson at Liverpool. Person. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he, he epitomises what Jordan Henderson is. And, you know, a lot of... Uh, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't pick Jordan Henderson as your first number one kind of choice for a central midfielder. But those are the types of players who do the work, who do the dirty work. And I saw Shaka time and time again today just fill in those gaps. Mm-hmm. Move with the lines making sure that he gets himself in a position where he's able to get Martinelli into those gaps or he's able to help Zinchenko out by shifting, you know, a yard or two yards to the right. Just playing those simple passes, getting the the, the football moving. You know, at the end of the day, beautiful football isn't developed, isn't played, can't, can't be played without those um, mundane little things that... The machines, you know, they're just the machines. Yeah, they, the exactly, the yeah. yeah they, they, they run on autopilot and Shaq is becoming more and more better at that um and i don't know whether that's the Mikel arteta effect um but you know they're, they're, i'm sure there, there has to be some sort of correlation between arteta coming in coaching and shaka becoming better over the last well, few seasons it was like i said far i remember what i was saying the other week i was like since Xhaka had that interview he feels backed by the fans like he just feels back I, that was the thing he's a confidence player like because when you watch him for switzerland i don't know if you ever watched switzerland games yeah. and he's mm-hmm. the captain for switzerland like he he he's got like some of the best passes you've ever seen, and he's like tackling is on point when he plays for Switzerland. Um, and now that he's actually getting the back in, I 
I, I, I rate him. I, I, I do rate Jacker. And I mean, last this time last year, I would have been like, look, we can get someone else. But I mean, we can still get someone else. But whether they're going to just bench Jacker is a, it's, it's quite hard. I, I mm. think it's, it's quite hard to bench him because, like you said, he was so vocal today. Like he was so on it. Like he was the sort of the the pivot for. Sinchenko and um and Martinelli and would come over across and then Erdegaard would come over to over over overflow it. And it was beautiful. Overload it, sorry. Yeah. And it was just beautiful to watch. Like that they, they were creating triangles and squares and they yeah. were just running amok on that side. Like it, it was beautiful. And I mean I even saw Xhaka do like some nifty little tricks in the box to, to, and, and then the shot got deflected. But do you know what I mean? Like he he he's he's like a new man. He's like People, I mean, people say he's like really old. I think he's only twenty nine, yeah, twenty eight. But he's playing like he's playing like a like a, a teenager. Do you know what I mean? With full flair and confidence. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I sort of when you see like a twenty eight year old player, they play with sort of experience and sort of um, uh, what's the word for it? Sort of they're, they're, they're just consistent. Whereas yeah. like he he's now doing things that we've not seen. We've not seen from Jack. And I think Mikhail said that actually after the game, he said sort of um. Like with Arteta, with Xhaka, he's not really playing in a role he's used to, but he he believes wholeheartedly that he can do it, and well, he showed it today with his goal. So I'm I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm actually happy for him, and it's uh it's to finally see sort of a player like that who's been with us since what seven years now, um seven six years to to be able to become part of become what become sort of a one of, one of the favorites because he is a lot of people are singing his praises now recently and it's good i mean it's a good thing because i think the last few years we were because we had nothing else to cheer about we would just moan about our players and he had a target on his back the whole, all the time like all the time and i just kind of felt sorry for him and now it's now he's sort of proven that was wrong and yeah i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to what he can do and um I think if someone does come in and we get someone else to midfield, I don't think they're going to bench him, but I think it'll keep him up with his toes and he might even elevate him to another level that we've not even seen. Mm. And and here's another thing as well with Granite Xhaka. I feel, I feel like now that he, because he knows what his role is, he's he's able to just hone his energy into that and perform the best possible you know, version of himself. Whereas previously, you never really knew what Granite Xhaka was. Is he a central midfielder? Is he a box to box? Well, clearly not. He was, he was never a box to box. But is he is he an anchor? Is he a central defensive midfielder? What, what is he? What does he do? Now we know what to kind of expect from, or, or we're seeing more and more of what he can do, and maybe what Arteta wants him to do. It's nice to know that the player himself is able to put his head down, focus on his role, try to do it the best possible way. And you know, I feel like most fans who watch a game of football and who you know, watch the whole pitch, not just one zone, can see what Granite Xhaka's role is. Um, and that's and that's something else that I'm, I'm beginning to really like about the Arsenal system at the minute. It's split, split into two halves. You've got the left-hand side, the right-hand side. You've got Xhaka that helps and supports uh, Zinchenko and, and um, Martinelli. And then you've got Odegaard on the other side who helps out uh, Jesus and Saka. And it's really nice. And then you've got part A that just sits in the middle that, you know, pings those balls forward into those zones for those boys to utilize. Um, and um, yeah, it's, it, it, it works. It works really well. I'm just hoping that, you know, teams don't find a way to try and 
um, nullify the way that we play. But I mean, the speed at which we we play sometimes is it's really difficult to do that. But anyway, going back to the first ten minutes, um, most of you who listen to this podcast quite regularly know that I love taking notes. And even at the Emirates today, I was just jotting down every every little bit that I could uh, that I was, that I was noticing. But especially in the first opening ten minutes, I felt like um, you know, Shackles clearly working really hard to to, to progress up the pitch. Um, and and support the guys in the final third. Uh, there were a few, you know, like you said, Monty. There were a few iffy moments when Fofana was basically one on one with Ramsdale, and he made a really good save. Um, and that was, I guess, the first warning sign that if we're not careful enough, um, we could find ourselves one 0 down quite easily. Um, and but it was it was good to see that despite that happening they still manage to compose themselves because we've seen in the past, Arsenal can, they do have a tendency of capitulating and capitulating quite quickly. So it was good to see despite that happening. And actually this was a game of really proof that Arsenal maybe have turned a corner in that sense where, you know, we conceded two goals, but three or four minutes later, we'd, we'd, we'd score another. Uh, well, as, as Wenger always used to say, it, if you score more than your opponent, you win the game. There you go. Simple, simple mathematics. <laughs> um, uh, Gabriel Jesus seen plenty of the ball as well in the opening 10 minutes. Um, he could have got a goal as well. I think there was a really nicely worked free kick whipped in near post by Martinelli. Uh, Jesus makes contact, hits the side netting. Um, there was Thomas Partey as well, playing a really nice ball into Shaka. Um, almost finding Shaka rips through, you know, Leicester's at the heart of Leicester's midfield and defence. Um, and him as well, actually, really impressed. Uh, you know, we don't often talk about, well, for obvious reasons, but we don't we don't often mention the work rate and maybe the things that Thomas Partey does when he's got the ball. He's got this really nice effect of playing the passes that matter and mm-hmm. playing the passes that you would want to play because quite often and being at the stadium today I could see you know everyone is pointing at the same places pass it there move there you know it wouldn't oh yeah well, the Cruyff turn he did to I think it was a uh, Drewsby Hall that was chasing him down yeah I remember that and he just Cruyff turned him and he cool. sent him for a hot dog like yeah. I was like what like he just created like four meters of space and then I actually was that did he Cruyff turn and then he made the pass to Jesus? Which yeah, he made, went, yeah uh, he made the pass. Yeah, yeah, and it was that and it was just beautiful. Like, mate, Party's he's, he's unbelievable, bro. He's, he's unbelievable. Yeah, really. Yeah, again, really good point. And actually, I think everyone, like 90% yeah. of players were great. There was a, a few, maybe a few who had a few moments, but very similar to last week, we were just so good. We were just, I think the quality was just so far apart from Leicester's. Uh, but the difference is today, I feel like, Arsenal... Leicester weren't poor. Arsenal made Leicester look poor because in the second half, especially Leicester came out of the shell, especially when Iniacho came off the bench, posed a lot of, um, you know, worrying moments. Um, But they had Madison, they had Vardy, you know, they had uh, Fafana, Dewsbury Halls, um, Ndidi, Castagna, you know, James Justin. They had, you know, a starting 11 who are, you know, pr- quite strong, and you'd expect them to expect to see them week in, week out. Um, but yeah, look, moving on to the to the latter stages of you know the first goal. Um, do you want to? Uh, do, do do do? Can you think of anything that yeah. you want to oh, mention that, just before the first goal? 
Just oh no, nothing before that first goal. But that first goal was disgusting. Okay, fine. Well, okay, let's get let's get to let's get to that first goal. Um, let me. I mean, James is it says he's connecting. I think he's having some issues with the connection. But uh, I mean, whilst he's doing that, Monty, go ahead. Why don't you talk to us about that first goal? How? I mean that. I mean, you, you would have to call this his official home debut goal. I know he scored at the Emirates of the Emirates. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mate, he's Cup, a, he's but... a bags man. He's a bags man. And like watching him in the flesh, mate, he's going to do serious numbers. And you know, the best thing was it was assisted by Xhaka as well. Yeah. Um, and the, the thing that was so good about it was that he was getting closed down by like three players. I think it was Tielemans, Johnny Evans and Madison all surrounding him. And he's just flicked it. And it, it was like he had, there was no power behind it because he couldn't get it and there wasn't enough time. He just flicked it with his foot and it just curled round to the far. It was a wonderful, wonderful bit of solo uh, sort of talent. That that was just purely his class on display because Lacazette last year would not do that. Aubameyang might have done it two years ago, but that was just, that was just sheer... Uh, his own brilliance and the way that it was set up as well was just fantastic and it like like i said it was the same thing it was overloading from sort of the the from halfway move it wide back in back in field and then to to narrow narrow it then spread it out to the wing which martinelli did and he went to gabriel jesus jesus then cut in he then ran into the box he then shipped off martinelli martinelli passed into jacka jacka then passed it into gabriel jesus and bang goal it was just honestly like everything about it was wonderful and th- there was nothing that Leicester could do and it was perfect what you were saying I mean Leicester didn't play bad like they didn't play bad we just made them look bad yeah and that's all credit to the Arsenal players because it, it's it's not easy I mean Leicester like, I mean what two years ago people were were joking about Leicester replacing Arsenal in a big six because they were a club that was that was poaching in those sort of spaces, and they yeah. do have the talent. I mean, they've dropped off a little bit, um, but they've still got the cl- the, the inv- individual brilliance um, in their players. And um, yeah, no, it was, it was it was a really encouraging goal, and the, the, it was just the sheer quality. And I've said this all off season. Gabriel is is the guy. Like he's the guy. He's going to do wonders for us, like Ian Wright and Henri back in the day. Like this guy is going to score a lot of goals, a lot of goals. And if you haven't got him in your fantasy team, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I made a bit of a mistake by not making him captain. captain him. I was in oh, too mate. I had Haaland, but, every, but yeah, Haaland yeah. was the right choice. Haaland was the yeah, right he choice. Was, yeah. Bournemouth and he, oh, two oh, goals no, actually, and I, an assist. I, I, I didn't captain um, Pierre against yeah. Chelsea. I didn't captain Haaland. I actually captain Salah, so I'm still banking on him to score a few goals. Oh, Salah might um, do you wonders too fair. I don't know, mate. I, hopefully, I mean, they're playing Palace, right? Palace. Yeah. yeah, what am I doing? Stupid move. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, but yeah, look, uh, Gabriel Jesus is clearly, clearly, clearly um, going to score a Isn't lot of goals. Yeah, and and do you know what? I realised something today when I was watching the game and there there wasn't much difference in uh, the personnel that we saw on the pitch. There were really only two or three individuals on there um, who, who were different to the players that we... Uh, were playing with last season but those were the difference makers Jesus, Zinchenko and Saliba are the difference makers they yeah. are they tie those knots they fill in the mishaps that happened last season and with those three individuals if we can keep them fit they are going to do wonders it's 
especially, especially Zinchenko. Um, and I don't think he's going to get as much praise as he deserves, but he put one hell of a shift in today. And once again, reaffirming why um, he's so pivotal. He's so important to this system because not only is he a fullback, but he's almost like a false fullback. I don't know if there's a, a position that's been invented, like, you know, for his case. Defensively, he, he's not the greatest, but he can do a defensive job. But when we're moving forward, he does so much. He does so much to, you know, let to allow the football to flow nicely. And actually, that Jesus score, if you think back right to the beginning... <laughs> Because I was, you know, as I was watching the game, um, just before um, the goal scoring opportunity started, that 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 run of play, it was Zinchenko's um, header, the 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 header that he wins. And I don't know if you remember, but there's you know, a deep ball comes in on the left hand side. He wins the header, but not only does he win the header, he manages to keep it alive. Um, and then passes it to Partey, who then finds Martinelli, and then that kind of um, that 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 run of play uh, leads to the goal. Um, but as you say, Jesus, he he seems to be the type of player who makes goals for himself. Um, he's not the type of player to wait around and you know be at the right place at the right time. He 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 kinds of. Plays in deep. deep. Yeah, he'll, he'll come deep. Up, up, exactly. He'll do the lot. He would do the lot. And I said it a few weeks ago. He is the Abamyang Lacazette solution. He is he is what He's we need. Yeah, exactly. And I said it last season. I was like, if only we could find a striker, if only we had Lacazette and Abamyang, someone who could play those roles together, it would be perfect. And I think we found it. And we Somewhere. saw him actually going at left wing sometimes. Uh, and then Martinelli would step up up yeah. front. And it's like you're saying with Zinchenko, like, and I think the biggest thing you said was the, the the three players you mentioned were the biggest difference makers. And I think that all, that you've got to give credit to Edu and the recruitment side of things because yeah. they've identified what they needed and they've come in and they have elevated the level of football of what we're playing. Um, and like you said, like I said, with Zinchenko, like he was coming into the midfield, which completely frees up everyone up front and that, and that allowed Jack to push up and then overload there because they only had Ndidi as a holding midfielder. We had two on each side of him earlier. He was just getting outnumbered. Um, and, and party, it seemed like he could, he could do the whole lot. And what I saw as well in some phases of the game, we had sort of Saka who, because people say, oh, we play really wide. We actually don't. We play very, very narrow. Like mm. if the ball is on the left, I was seeing Saka, who is who is our right wing, come in effectively. If you drew on paper what you would put the left centre midfielder at, he was on that far left, and Jesus was still in inside him, and so was Martinelli. That's mm. how narrow and compact you are, and that's the sort of um, the movement that we see City do because they automatically know because they train it so they know where each other are. They don't even need to look, and that's when you're seeing all these Erdegaard flicks and stuff because. <laughs> They know where each other are. They expect them to be there. Yeah. And they, yeah. And, and and we've seen it sometimes in all or nothing. He goes like, if he's there and, and the mad guy's there, you need to go there. Like automatically, you just need to go there. If he runs out, like, you know what I mean? Like the tactics are, bit, are, are what, on point. They were just on point. There were some, there were some mishaps in defense, but do you know what I mean? If, if, if you're scoring four goals, you're not going to lose a game. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just going to bring James in. James, I don't know if you're still there, mate, if you can hear. He's having some real connection problems, uh, technical problems. He's gone. <laughs> okay. We'll, uh, we'll wait for him, hopefully, to come back if he does. Um, but 
I was, I was, I just wanted to touch on the finish as well on Jay Z's finish. I don't know if you, uh, at halftime they were showing it the Emirates, um, and mm-hmm. I, 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 I noticed that you know he, Shaka p- passes the ball over to him. He stops the ball, so the ball is completely yeah. still, and he still manages to finish like that, yeah. like that curl dip, um, oh, and the pace on it man. as well. Like that was, was a flick. Yeah, that was a oh. perfect, perfect finish. So good. I watched it so and I remember I got, I got it. I actually filmed it and I was like, that is disgusting. Like that is actually disgusting. Like the way, the way that went in, the way it flicked, it was just beautiful. And I mean, even like his movement, like for the second, like just poaching at the back post for the corner was just, it was just brilliant. And then, and then, yeah, literally, I think what, two minutes after he had that opportunity to go through and the ball just was a bit too much for him. But yeah. yeah, apart from that, the first half was brilliant. Everyone went into the second half like this, this game is pretty much done. The Leicester fans weren't even singing. They they didn't even I didn't hear them sing once. Yeah. All game. We completely yeah. silenced them. Completely and utterly silenced them. Yeah. Um which is quite rare, only, isn't it? Because like away fans I mean? away fans are usually away, the ones that make the most sound. The noise, because that yeah, they're diehards. I mean, at the end of the day, like how many how many times have I had going to thing like uh is this a library? Is this a library? Because our home fans would just be so quiet and away yeah. fans would just sing and sing and sing. We could they could they they, they, did, they didn't have nothing to sing about. We gave them nothing to sing about and we were just singing all game, man. I, I love this club. I've always loved this club, but my God, is it a beautiful time to be a fan right now. Yeah, it really um, is. And it's a lot. To, and I and I would agree. I think there's going to be some exciting cooking this this uh, season. But to say how how far we're cooking, I we need to see some tests. But yeah, if uh, just looking at the style, as long as we, could, we, we, we keep have no injuries, I generally don't. I... I can't see the likes of Chelsea and Tottenham beating us. I mm. just can't see it. Big game City tomorrow. maybe. City would be a big game. Um, Liverpool would be a, like, be a rough game, or a hard game. But they're the only teams I can actually see that would sort of give us a run for our money at the moment. Um, but we have to see. We have to see. Give it a few more games and we'll come back to this conversation. Yeah. But apart from that, I mate, that first half was electric. I loved every moment of it. It was great. Yeah, it was. It was in, it, in, in the meantime. Yeah, and it, and it, it, it did continue to build up um, as that as that first half went on because I feel like the second half was a little bit more tricky, but the first half especially, everyone was just kind of feeding off each other, feeding mm. off each other's energy, and um, I was quite afraid that after the first goal we were gonna kind of t- take it take our feet feet off the gas, um, and you know as we have done previously, and that's one of the frustrating things about Mikel Arteta's Arsenal is that, and that's not his fault. It's just that something happens when they score the first goal, they just don't. Don't go for the killer uh, second one. Um, but James, we didn't have to wait very long for that second goal. Uh, it came uh, at a time where I think we, it was a little bit quiet. It did get a tiny bit quiet. Um, but we, we Zinchenko, um, I think, again, he was he linked up really well with Martinelli and Shaka, uh, opened some space and um, Martinelli almost gets a goal. Uh, but it, it turns out to be a corner and um, Jesus uh, manages to knock it in. He's there again. Right. Apologies for that. I don't know what's going on tonight. Something is something is in the air that doesn't want me to be on this podcast tonight. But um, aside from that, if I cut out, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, Gabriel Jesus is just in, as the commentary said, as the commentator said, he's in the form of his life and it's, uh, he's had no issues whatsoever. Settling in it, settling in this club, and I think it's 
it's it's brilliant. Um, normally, there's an adjustment period for players, but for him, I, I just think it's there's something special about him where he doesn't even need to doesn't even need to gel with anyone. I just think he he, he knows where to be. He's, he he has that experience with being with, with Man City and with, with Pep and Artero at City as well. Uh, he has that experience to know where to be at the right time and uh, to pop up there at the back post uh, to get that header. Then it's 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 superb. So I did say today. I did say that um, uh, when it when it's all said and done, and when uh, uh, Jesus does leave Arsenal or hang up the boots with Arsenal if he, if he chooses to retire at the club, then. Uh, he uh, he will he will Aubameyang will not come even close to what Jesus will do for this club because it will be incredible. Um, we thought Aubameyang was good, but I think Jesus just has that little bit extra. Yeah, um, that just just shows me that he is going to be on fire and he is going to be a legend of this club. He will be he will be made legendary legendary status very very quickly if he keeps up this if he keeps up this type of form. Yeah, I mean, we can we can only hope, right? Hopefully, it continues. He doesn't have a, a, a you know some sort of an injury that um, rules him out, like it happened with on uh, Wilshire and, and, and Ramsey. Um, what could have been, right? So hopefully, it's not a what could have been type of player. Uh, but yeah, courtesy of Jamie Vardy, he does end up getting a goal. And actually, um, just before half time, uh, there was an there was a penalty incident with uh, Ramsdale and Vardy. Um, oh, and that was that, never that, Yeah, that could have ended really, really horribly because where, where I was sitting, anyway, I don't know, um, did it happen in front of you, Monty? Or no, you, was, no that was, yeah, it was the North End that happened in. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got a perfect view. It was never a pen. He dived. Yeah, yeah. so I, I was quite worried because where, where, where I was sitting, it did look a bit dodgy with them two coming together. And um, yeah, I just remember the whole stadium was a little bit quiet and a little bit like, oh, what's going to happen now? But thankfully, uh, VAR checked it and that was a crazy dive. I mean, I'm just watching it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, I'm just watching it now. This is the first time I'm watching it since the game. And yeah, like, wow, like, what on earth is he doing? I remember yeah, um, the fans were just um, slagging off his wife. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're a cheater like your wife. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, thankfully that penalty wasn't given because we went into the second half with a 2-0 lead. Um, Zinchenko and Jesus, for me, the difference makers. Martinelli as well, doing a hell of a lot. And actually, before we scored that second goal, or I think straight after we scored that second goal, all of a sudden, everything just started to click. Odegaard, Partey and Shaka were really enjoying themselves on the edge of the box. Leicester looked shell-shocked. They had like nine men behind the ball. They were, we were just playing beautiful football, knocking it around left, right, um, between the lines. And so, you know, going into the second half, it, you know, I, I was really excited to see more. Um, I did notice Emil Smith-Rowe warming up after. I don't know if you noticed that, but um, I thought, you know, Arteta might make a, an, an early change, very unlike him, but he doesn't anyway. Um, going into the second half, uh, Monty, did you, what did you expect? Did you expect Arsenal to just go out no mercy, ruthless, score, you know, two or three more or just kind um, of park the bus and just get it over the line? No, I... I did. I never expect us to part the bus. I don't think. I just don't. I just don't see Arteta being that guy who would expect that. I, what I did expect is I did expect a reaction from Leicester. Um, I expected them to come out guns blazing because I know Brendan Rodgers is a manager and he would have been fuming. He would have been fuming. So 
I was expecting some pressure and uh, I mean, it, it worked for them. They got a goal, um, but we handled it very well and we replied with a goal two minutes later. Um, I wasn't expecting us to score on the back, like on the back foot and rest, uh, which is what we would have done maybe two years ago or even a season ago, because I don't think Arteta had the confidence in the attack to actually do that. Or he would rather just shore up the defence and, and look for that. Because, I mean, we, I did see Holding uh, warming up as well. Um, but now, honestly, I, I, I genuinely think that the, they, they were told, look, just hold off for the first sort of couple of minutes and then sort of go back, go straight back to it. And that's what we did. But Leicester did get a goal um, but from an unlucky own goal. Um, yeah. But the, the one thing I did love the most about that own goal, uh, and even Arteta said it in the post, and I thought he was brilliant, even though he scored an goal because Saliba had such a good game. He did. I mean, I'm, honestly, that guy is unbelievable. Uh, that, and I'm not being biased here. That he, he's, he is a Rolls Royce yeah. defender. He, he's got that um, he's, presence. He's got that Van Dyke feel. Uh, he's got that Van Dyke feel. Yeah. Like, if you, if you he, remember back to like last season where, you know, Thomas Partey was at a top of his game and everyone, you know, all the fans would say he's got that presence about him in midfield. Yeah. He just oozes like quality and comfort and just, you know, you can trust, trust and rely. Oh, mate. And yeah. it's the same with Saliba. It's like, you know, he's so young. He's, so he's going to be good regardless, right? Consistent. Yeah. hundred percent. Like he, he, he's fantastic. Like he's different gravy. And the fact that the fans all were just clapping and cheering him on, even after he'd done it, it was just like, head up, mate. Like you've played fantastic. And then we scored literally a minute and a half later. Um, and that was something that Arteta even said, like the, the way that the fans got behind the, the team after that, that it, it, it helped them. Um, and I've never seen, I've actually never seen that before. I've never seen a player score an own goal and like the fans yeah. cheer them. You know what I mean? And not yeah. cheer them as in like taking a piss. I mean, actually getting behind the player and being like, look, mate, like head up. Do you know what I mean? And it, it, it was fantastic. It, he was actually sensational. I don't yeah. think I've, I've seen a performance like that in a while. Um, and I'm I'm really looking forward to to the partnership with him, Gabriel. And I, I it's exciting. It's really exciting to see. Yeah. Um, and and then, but there were some nerves. Uh, I think there were some nerves. And us scoring that goal straight away cleared them because when that goal went in from Saliba, that it was a bit nervy because it was like right, mm. let could be back here. Then they had a quick counter attack, and then we sort of nuffed out and went back up the field and scored. Uh, that cleared it up again. But then they got their second goal. Now that was when the nerves really kicked in. Um, because then they were like, "Let's oh, yeah, we've got a chance here. Like, we were two 0 down, and now it could be three like, two down." Yeah. Um, and then yeah, with the Martinelli goal, oh, beautiful. Jesus again with an assist. This guy is a freak. I mean, honestly, it gives it gives gives me Henri vibes, and I'm not saying he is Henri because Henri, I don't think I'll ever be a player like Henri. Um, but it was, I mean, he's a striker. He would score goals. He would he would come off. He would like basically press the defenders so deep, um, and basically dictating where they actually put their line. Then he would quickly sprint because his his like his initial sprint is so quick. He would sprint, get a couple of yards of space, get the ball, receive it, either turn, or he would then offload it across um, to Martinelli or Saka. And this time he went to Martinelli and he, he sort of rolled it outside, he ran outside Evans and then took that shot across the goal and it clipped the woodwork. And when it went in, unbelievable. Uh, when it went in, that was when we knew, yeah, we've won this game uh, pretty much. And I think even less so, just the heads went down after that. 
and the way that we got we got behind the team it was just constant it was just constant it was, oh, it was just brilliant honestly I'm talking to her I was singing so yeah. much of the game yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and just on, on Martinelli as well. And I think one of the one of the reasons why we were so effective in the first half is because his decision making is so quick compared yeah. to like most other players. Most other players will pick up the ball. Maybe they'll hesitate. Maybe they'll take a touch extra. Maybe they will slow it down a little bit. But with Martinelli, it seems like he knows what he's going to do before he gets the ball. So he picks up the ball. He turns. He takes that first touch to get it away from him, get it away from the marker. And then he's off like in yeah, a flash. It, his development has been insane. Honestly, yeah. it's, it's it's been incredible. The, from where he started to where he is now, like it's just it's fantastic. And then we've got Marquinhos as well, um, who's another player who could who could be looking to do another Martinelli story. And if we have another Martinelli, we are cooking. Yeah, we are cooking. Yeah, um, but just um, going back to Saliba, um, it's funny actually. Before he scored that uh, own goal, I was writing a little just a little sentence about how well he was doing. Um, it was so funny like literally two minutes before he scored that own goal I was, I was writing his presence is unreal he's making it look really uncomfortable uh, comfortable at the back not giving any breathing space for Vardy and then in a minute he goes um, and he scores an own goal it's, it's an unfortunate one because he's doing the right thing he's doing um, what you expect your centre back to do which is covering your keeper um, but also tr- tracking that Vardy run because it's so difficult I don't think people remember how good this guy is when it comes to balls over the top like Vardy is one of the best in the world at getting away from his marker getting 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 being the first one to those like loose balls and you know punishing you but um it's just unfortunate that you know a deep ball comes into that area Saliba's obviously trying to make sure that he gets the ball before Vardy exerts any pressure and he just makes that wrong contact maybe you know a little bit too uh, there's there's just too much on that header um yeah i mean but in any case like you said we we responded really really quickly it was a little bit nervy in the first sort of 2 minutes after that goal but then um, with a, a beautiful ball into the box from um, Ben White, who, again, another player under the radar, did a really good job out on the right-hand side. Um, I, I think he was up against Castagna, wasn't he? Uh, was he up against Castagna? He, no, he wasn't. He was up against James Justin, Drewsbury Halls. Um, but, you know, he did uh, a really good job. Uh, making sure that, you know, nothing went past him. Puts in a really lovely ball into the box. The goalkeeper makes a mare of it, to be honest. Um, it's more of a goalkeeping mistake. Yeah, than the goalkeeper was huge on that yeah, goal. Yeah, um, but, you know, Jesus, again, he's there. He's he's in the right place at the right time. Lays it into Shaka, who slots it into an open goal. Um, and and Shaka didn't score against United. Normally, it's always his uh, yeah. yearly United goal and then he vanishes, but... Now, if we can, if we can get into those positions, or I think we'll see a good, good amount of goal. I think we might see maybe eight goals from him this season if he if he gets into those positions constantly because we know he can shoot. Yeah, and if he and can get if he can get in the box and get in that position, he's going in. Well, well, look at the beginning of the game, he hit the post, didn't he, with the header? So he he's, yeah. he was there or thereabouts, you know, creating goal scoring opportunities, but also being in the center there, having those opportunities himself, and he, he had maybe two or three of those. 
Um, mm. So it was nice to see him get his goal because had he not got his goal, maybe we wouldn't be speaking to, speaking about him as much. Hey, it was um, funny watching the game as well. I think one of the things, because we've seen like well, reports that Leicester won £80 million for Fafana. Yeah. Mate, Jesus made him not look like an £80 million defender. Absolutely I mean, not. if Fafana's worth £80 million, then Saliba's worth 200 because yeah. he was different gravy. Different gravy. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and look, um, you know, I, I guess, uh, what, what was that? Well, after after Shaka scored, it was 3-1, right? Um was no, it after no, Jacques, when Jacques scored, it was. Oh no, it was three one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah it was three one. Then three one, the and then they got their goal Madison. back. Madison. Yeah, yeah, that Madison. Poor from Ramsau. It's poor from Ramsau. He shouldn't have gone through his legs. Um, if we're being realistic, um, he should have done better. But the yeah. team got behind him. They didn't then get his head down. Yeah, and, uh, but also it, it was the, it was the subs that really made the difference, didn't it? Because uh, Amati mm. comes. I think Amati and Tielemans comes off, Dakar and Pryat come on. Um, and it's not until they bring on um, Iannaccio that makes the difference. So Iannaccio comes on for Vardy and then all of a sudden there's just panic. There's panic. And I think that's, if, if we're talking about things that can improve on or things that maybe that wasn't great, um, not being able to deal with his frightening pace out on the left-hand side was a bit of an issue. I could tell that Zinchenko was struggling. Um, there were moments in that game where maybe he was leaving too much space between him and whether it was uh, Castagna or Iannaccio. Uh, it wasn't comfortable. He does come off very, very soon after we score uh, or those two goals are scored. Um, James, um, I'm still hoping you're there. I don't know why my voice did that squeaky stuff. Uh, but James, um, I am there, yeah. yeah do you, I am. Do you want to do you want to talk about um, the goal that Leicester get back? I don't know if you remember it. Uh, they do get one back after basically. I don't, I don't, don't want to put too much blame on Zinchenko, but um, because that left hand side wasn't, you know, closed down quick enough, Iannaccio, uh goes through, slots it into, and he does really well actually. Inacho manages to slot it into Madison, um, and you know, like you said, Monty, it's a, it's a, it's a near post, uh, simple kind of save that he should. Be saving. He should be saving those kind of shots. Um, There's yeah, one definitely. thing that I criticised Leno on a lot was, you know, not being able to save near post uh, shots, and you know he's done the same. So, um, you know, hopefully he can put that one behind him. Um, but yeah, not great. But what was great, however, was the response. Uh, so Arsenal make a change. Tomiyasu comes on for Ben White, and I have to say Tomiyasu did really well um, when he did come on because I think he was directly involved with the goal um, in some way or another. I don't know whether I remember that correctly or not. But anyway, Martinelli gets his goal, James. Um, what did you think? Mm-hmm. Lovely. Um, I watched the highlights just before we came on just to get another get another uh, look at it all um, because obviously I was looking, looking, looking at them while in a... In a park with family, is what, what, what I've resorted to now when I've not been in games. Um, it's all right. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, li- lovely. I think um, Martinelli has, is, again, a shining light in this team. Um, also, you've seen what he's like in the documentary uh, in episode four. No, but, uh, I can't remember what, what, what I've watched now. Episode five, sorry. I haven't watched six yet, so I'm, I'm kind of lagging behind. So, um, 
But you, you see what he's like, and everyone has high praise for him, and you can see why. And um, just uh, to th- this season, he's going to be fantastic, um, I think. Yeah, and it was a really, really work goal as well. Uh, you know, Monty mentioned it, very Henri-esque. Uh, I do want to watch this goal back. I haven't watched any of the goals back or any of the action since coming back from the Emirates because I only, <laughs> I only came back like 10, 15 minutes before we went on air. Um, but let's just uh, let's just have a quick look. So this is the goal that I'm not interested in. This is the one where we concede again. You know, I'm just trying to find it myself, actually. But yeah, this is a, it, what, what goal are we um, talking about? Here? The, uh, the last one, so the Martinelli one. Oh, right, the Martinelli so. one. Oh, mate, yeah. So it was Tommy Yasu running up the wing. Yeah, that's passes it. it. Passes it into uh, Jesus. Jesus, like I said, he 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 basically pushed the line back. He then sprinted just outside the box to create some space. Got the ball. Uh, flipped it on to um, Martinelli. Martinelli then went wide on the left side of the box facing the goal. Um, he saw a little avenue and he just cut across. He literally shot it across the keeper, hit the post straight. Yeah. Unbelievable. Do you know what? That's an incredible attempt. I I've just got a watched question it. For you guys, actually. Yeah. Got a question for you guys. Who started in goal for Leicester? Uh, Ward. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, because no, Michael's thinking, been. Because they don't have Schmeichel anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just just on that shot, actually, that is that is a really, really brave attempt because you've got two yeah. Leicester players in front of you and you've got a very small gap. You've got a very small window there to make it on an attempt. So first you of all, you only take that shot if you're confident. Yeah, so you need to not only get that shot on target, make sure that it's not blocked, but also make sure you're going to beat the goalkeeper. He does all three. He hits it with the right, t- uh, right type of pace, right type of... Um, um, I don't know what's another word for like hardness. <laughs> uh, he is he is it with the right contact, um, basically, mm-hmm. and firmness. Yeah, yeah firmness. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there's a better word for it, but um, it's a very very good finish, and it's 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 a finish that shows that the player is ready. Number one, he's ready this season to really go at it, and number two, he's a player with playing with confidence. So I think we 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 could be seeing a lot of goals from him. And Jesus, um, you know, in comparison to last season where it was Emil Smith-Rowe and um, Bukayo Saka. But actually, when Emil Smith-Rowe comes on, he does um, create some opportunities for Eddie Nketiah, who also, who, who also comes on for Jesus. I think there were two opportunities from um, uh, Nketiah. One was a shot that was saved by Ward and there was another one where it's a header and maybe, you know, on another day against another keeper, or maybe if he makes slightly, a slight bit more contact on it, it goes into the back of the net. Um, but yeah, how, how did you think the mm-hmm. the, the subs did, uh, Monty? Uh, so we're talking about specifically in Ketia, Mill Smith Rowe, Tommy Asu and Tierney. Um, yeah, I mean, we didn't really get to see too much of Eddie and Ketia uh, and um, Smith Rowe. Uh, I think Tiedemann's. Um, Tino, sorry. <laughs> uh, I think not yet, Tierney mate. Not did, yet. But yeah, yeah, not yet. I think uh, Tierney did well. Tommy Asu impressed me the most. I mean, um, he it was like he was never away. Um, he just came straight back in, got involved in a goal. Um, Tierney was good, but do you know what? I kind of prefer Sinchenko. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I don't know what it is about him. Um, but I do like Tierney. I really like him as a player. And he is fantastic, but I I don't know what it is. I think I, think I know what it is. I think it's a dynamism. It's it's just it's just Zinchenko yeah, offers more. Yeah, going forward, he offers a lot more because Tierney just bombs down the wing, whereas he's a bit more Zinchenko direct. Will, he will get right in the middle of the yeah. park, and he will 
dictate some balls from there. So, yeah, he did well. Um, and with Smith-Rowe and Nketiah, and Nketiah, you, you know what you're going to get with Nketiah. Um, it's, it's just 100% all the time. Um, and yeah. he did exactly that again in his short little bit. Um, he, he almost had an opportunity to score, um, but the ball just went and just went a little bit too far for him. Um, and, and I think it was a, it was just a bit of a bad touch. Um, but now, apart from that, they did really well. Yeah. Um, and it was just it was just a it was quite it was just coasting towards the end. Um, and I don't think it's actually mad. I was just reading a stat, um, and it's about Jesus, and it's uh, he still hasn't ever lost a game he scored in in the Premier League wow. he's won 45 and drawn three that's incredible when he scored he's never lost wow. it's like me and me and attending <laughs> yeah. I mean, hopefully we do sit in Liverpool yes you're going to those games are you Oh yeah, I'm 100 mate. I'm getting my Liverpool ticket um, for uh, no Saturday. I think comes out on the 18th. Then it okay. come out. Well, look, I have, a, I have a, I have something to say about Inkesia, right? Yeah, go on, go on. Do you do you think that Inkesia is a bit? Oh, I don't know. If I was him right now, I'd be a bit annoyed. What? Well, I've just signed this new contract. Yeah, I know what you I've mean. Just got this new number. But I'm still on the bench for Gabriel Jesus. I, I was thinking that when I was and watching I, the game. When I was watching him come off the bench, I was I was thinking in my head, how is he how 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 can how are you feeling right now when you've just signed a contract, you've got the number 14 shirt, you've been promised that you will be playing games well. Uh, there's two things. Number one, it's just the beginning of the season. There are so many games to be played. Yep. So he will have his fair share. He will get 20 starts, I think. Um, you know, with across you know, all comps, yeah, across all competitions, and number two, he's very young, so he, he, he this is his time to really just grow and mm-hmm. to be a sponge and just take take everything in. But also number three, this is Arsenal Football Club. You know, to be to be to be playing week in week out, you need to be the best, and if you're not the best, then you need to work hard and be the best. So he, I, I think this is the environment that Kedia will want to be in. He needs 100%. to be in an environment where there is stiff competition, where he is surrounded around the best. And this is why Arsenal are going to be going to places because now that, you know, prospects, certain individual players who maybe in the past would have turned their nose up at Arsenal are probably looking at us now thinking, you know what? Um, I talk about players like Martinez, et cetera, et cetera. You know what? Maybe I should have made a different decision. Or maybe, um, you know, if they do come in for me again, maybe I will go down that avenue because now you can't talk about Arsenal Football Club without saying something good. Now isn't the era where we're bantered or, you know, you, you laugh at Arsenal, you make a joke about Arsenal. Now is the time we take us seriously because we're building something and it's working. You know, it's not a plan that you could say, well, it might fail or there, there are there are certain aspects to this plan that I don't see it being realistic. Like I had a conversation with my uncle the other day, diehard Arsenal fan. The reason why I became an Arsenal fan, um, because you know, growing up, he would um, make me watch games, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, you know, and, and uh, I think as 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 the years have gone by, he's become a little bit more um, skeptical. But you know, I had a conversation about Arsenal potentially having all the right ingredients to be title. Uh, contenders. They can challenge if they wanted to this season. If we can avoid um, injuries, why can we not challenge for the title? 
Um, I said that to him. I made the argument. I think, you know, we've signed the right players. We're playing the right type of football. And actually, when we're playing against really difficult teams, we're able to, you know, go head to head against them. Think back to Liverpool and City last season. You know, those are case studies that show that we're clearly good enough to play against them. So it's only a matter of time before we get the result right. Um, especially when you have someone like Jesus up front. And he laughed at me. He said, don't be stupid you know we're miles away from City and Liverpool and that might be the case but that gap is closing and you know the gap is certainly I think has been closed between us and Chelsea us and Spurs and us and definitely United um, so now is the time that Arsenal Football Club need to you know really uh, take advantage of this momentum this winning start and at the beginning of the season we did mention that there are X amount of games that where we should be getting maximum points or that would be nice to get maximum points. Out of those five games, I think for me anyway, personally, Leicester would have been the most uh, difficult one before before the season started. I think now it's probably Bournemouth. Um, but, uh, you know, Bournemouth, you look at the next three games coming up before we go to Old Trafford, Bournemouth, Fulham, Villa, Fulham and Villa are, you know, games that you should be getting six points because they're, they're, they're at home. Bournemouth's the only tricky place because we saw what they did to Villa last week. Uh, was it Villa that they played last week? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Who, Leicester? Uh, no, not Leicester. Sorry. Um, uh, I'm talking about Bournemouth. Oh, Bournemouth. Yeah, they played yeah. Uh, Villa. Yeah. 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 And um, I mean, they lost 4-0 today at the Etihad. But uh, they, they, I mean, you know, they're still a side who have that home advantage. Who, and actually, you know, the vitality has always been a place for them where they've been, where they've thrived off. So if we can get another nine points and make that 15 points out of 15 for those first five games, that is really, really, really good momentum to be then taking into United, Everton, Brentford, and then the North London derby. So I'm really, really happy with what I'm seeing. Um, and all secured by Christmas. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously, we don't want to get we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because there is there are so many factors that you know um, can come into play, like the Europa League, like injuries, fatigue, the World Cup, obviously. But this is an excellent start, uh, Monty. Who, who are you giving your man of the match to? Man of the match. I mean, you've got to give it to Jesus, don't you? Yeah. Um, I think he just changes the way we play. Uh, completely but I also think an honourable mention goes to Saliba um, I think he's just I think he's brilliant I just I just think it was just unbelievable he was everywhere he was just everywhere like no like Vardy could, just couldn't get away from him uh, Madison when he tried to go just couldn't get away from him he's just he's, like you said his presence is ridiculous but I think it has to go to Jesus I mean two goals two assists that's incredible. No one's done that since Pierre against Chelsea 2021 in the Premier League. Um, so it kind of gives you an idea of the performance. And yeah, it's electric. It's electric stuff, to be honest. But yeah, that would yeah. be my man of the match. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd probably argue the same. But um, if I if it, if it wasn't Jesus, um, and maybe I'll just make some honorary mentions, just like you did. Uh, for me, the two players that really stood out in that game, uh, really caught my eye anyway, uh, was Zinchenko and Shaka. I think they were absolutely 
incredible mm. in that first half. Shaka, mm-hmm. especially, just yeah. the just what he added, um, and the way that he's able to link up with uh, Zinchenko and Martinelli. I think that as 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 the weeks go by and as the more minutes they get to play with each other, that relationship between those three, and especially between just Shaka and Martinelli alone, is going to work wonders because he. It's it's really nice to be able to see things um, happen on the pitch that you want. I mean, as in like, you know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, first game of the season, I'm seeing all the fans pointing in the same places, pass here, run here, go here. And with those three, they just do it. You don't even need to tell them. You don't even need to look at the space because, you know, we're, we're all watching the pitch from a bird's eye view. So obviously for them, it's a little bit more difficult when they're down um, on that surface so I mean we can see the spaces probably better than those players on the pitch but still they're able to just find each other open up pockets of space move um, you know Leicester shirts out of the way so that Martinelli can slot in or that Zinchenko can you know uh, find Martinelli in those gaps it's just yeah really encouraging really really good to see uh, we haven't spoken much about um, Odegaard I just uh, not to say that he didn't stand out he, he did his job really really well mm. um, and I guess the less we find ourselves speaking about Odegaard the better because Odegaard's job is to be that ghost you know to just find individuals to pick up the ball and just play it first time without thinking about it to just maintain that pace of the game um but yeah he, he did that really well so look you know a, a massive well done to the boys every single one of them uh, a few dodgy moments but we overcame that um we played against a tough side in Leicester, you know, Leicester traditionally, previously, historically in the last, you know, five to seven years have been a difficult side to play home or away because they have so many good players. I guess maybe you could say, judging by this performance, maybe it's too early to tell, but Vardy seems like it, you know, he's um, hit a brick wall maybe, or, you know, he's he's on the downward trajectory. Um but, you know, they've got a good squad. They've got a good manager um, and Arsenal got the job done. So very well done. Well done to them. Uh, before we do clock off, I do want to talk about the All or Nothing documentary. Q&A as well. Oh, yeah, we've got q and Okay, let's do Q&A and then we have a chat about uh, the All or Nothing documentary very quickly. Uh, yeah, no worries. Okay, yeah, we'll go with we'll go with the first one. Um, this is from Shy Carter, uh, which is at Shy Carter. Um, and they asked, how many goals for Jesus and Martinelli this season? We'll start with James. Oh, nah. I go. And only goals, not assists. Just sing. Jesus. It seems uh, on two at the moment. Uh, um, yeah, so he's got two and two now. I'm gonna go. He's on two at the moment. I'm gonna go two over the season. Wait, what was that? It yeah, broke we, out. We, we missed that. That's golden. That would be golden boot. Last that would year. be golden boot. Yeah, that would be golden boot. Um, I think I. I, I, I Believe he, I genuinely believe he's going to be there or thereabouts. It's going to be him and Harlan battling it out for Golden Boot. What about you, Farron? There, I said it. Um, I, Martinelli. No. Oh, oh yeah, Martinelli. Martinelli, yeah, James, yeah. Martinelli. Yeah, go on, James. Uh, Martinelli. What is he on now? One. I think he's on two now, isn't he? He's, he's on two now. He's yeah, no, he's on two now. Two. <sighs> I'm gonna go. 
10 goals this season. 10 goals. Fairs and you firing. Okay, yeah. so um, I think it all very much depends on whether we can keep them fit or not. And I think that as we get to the last, last, last stages of the season, if Arsenal do progress into the Europa League, FA Cup, etc., then they will, they they might be saved for those last stages. I mean, I don't know. It's it's difficult to say at this moment, but judging by the start, um, those these two games preseason as well, I would I wouldn't be surprised at all if Jesus ends up getting twenty five goals. I I do think he will definitely get twenty. I do think that. Um, I just have that feeling. I don't know what it is, but I just see him getting bags of goals. I can see him getting maybe one or two hat tricks. Um, there'll be get there'll be you know stages obviously in the career in this season. Sorry, where uh, you know have a might, spell. Yeah, he might get a bit. He might uh, get a bit dormant. He might get dormant, or he might be dormant. It's be dormant, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He might have. There might be periods of the season where he doesn't get uh, many goals. But like I said. He seems like the type of player who scores a lot of goals in one game. Yeah, so, he creates goals even if he doesn't score them just by yeah. the way he moves. So yeah, yeah. Other, other people benefit off him. Yeah, so yeah, 20 goals definitely for him. Martinelli, I'm going to increase James's 10 to 15 um, because yes. he seems really sharp. He seems really ready to, you know, get his, finally like introduce himself because everyone knows what Martinelli, I mean, Martinelli last season was probably like, Rashford at his first season at United you know he just uh, one of those young prospects who you look at and you say hmm interesting but now he's solidifying himself you know now he's becoming yeah. the man um, who you know we all hope that he would be so yeah 15 goals for him 20 goals for Jesus um, easy I, would, I don't see that being a problem Fairs for me I'm going to go I think Jesus will get uh, at least 20 goals in the league and I think maybe 28 30 all comps um, now with Martinelli I think he's going to get 15 goals just so you for him but I think he's going to outscore Saka this season yeah same I think he'll outscore him um, but saying that I think Gary Jesus will probably get like 10 11 assists and I think Martinelli will also get maybe 11 or 10 assists and I think Saka will probably get around the 14 assists Um yeah, so I think that one. We've got another question. Um, and this is from at Tata Abdu. Uh, and it's, Xhaka played well, very well today, but there were moments where you could see how useful it would be to have a more attacking option there. That being said, the way he covers Sinchenko at left back, allowing Zinni to invert into midfield, not many centre midfielders can do that. Shall we still get a new midfielder or Viva Xhaka? Um, I I I think we should get a new midfielder because it's not going to hurt to have another option there. Especially, I just, I'm just thinking about the number of games that we're going to be playing. Do you and think I, the new person would bench Shakalo? No, I th- see. That's the thing. I wouldn't want a signing that would bench Shaka. I would probably want a signing that would deputize. Uh, yeah, or maybe you know offer competition. Competition. Mm-hmm. Um, but um. Here's the thing, like if we're gonna sign a new central midfielder, I need that central midfielder to offer some, offer to give me something new that Shaka doesn't. I don't want to like for like. I yeah, want yeah, you know. Yeah. But, we, but having said that, look, we did sign Fabio Vieira, so I mean, who knows? I mean, even Arteta has said himself he doesn't know what kind of position he's gonna play him in. Vieira will tell us, you know. So 
um, it's 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 difficult. It's a difficult one. But like I said, the two things are in my head um, that are worrying me a little bit is injuries and the number of games that we're going to play. So to to sign in another central midfielder isn't a bad thing. Um, but it's also important to have this right squad balance. So, mm. but I, th- I think we're all expecting a, a couple more signings anyway. Um, I think you know, Arteta, Edu have made that clear. I, I believe so. I do think one or two more. Um, yeah. I do think a I central think, midfielder is in the horizon and maybe a winger or a fullback, but probably more a winger. Yari, I, think, you know, I think if it's uh, defender, it'll be left centre back more than anything. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's no one to back up. Yeah. Jeremy Pino and Tinnemans, really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll see. There's been a, there's um, been a couple links, hasn't, hasn't there? Been what what about uh, you, James, as well? What, what are your thoughts? V, v Vajaka or new midfielder? New midfielder, man. I want that. I want that team. I want Tielemans, man. Do you, do you want? Yeah. Do you want him to bench Shaka, or do you, would you carry on with Shaka and let him sort of deputise? I'm gonna have to go bench. I really am. Um, really? I think Tielemans is. If we sign another midfielder, say Tielemans, I just think he's different gravy, man. He is incredible. Uh, apparently yeah. the uh, Arsenal fans chanted we'll see you next week so yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. he wants to be <laughs> red he wants to be red he wants to be red but I, you know what Xhaka is also you know he's different class as well and uh, yeah he's coming into he, his own yeah. he's um, fantastic I've, had, yeah. uh, I've met him a few times great character and I'm just really proud that he's finally coming into his own and and it's got past it. It's got past everything that he endured before with the fans and things, and that rift is now gone, and we're fully behind him, as we are the whole squad now, which is good. I mean, the only thing that I would say on the Shaka thing is that I wouldn't want to disrupt the harmony right now of the squad. Um, it just seems to work. Everything just seems to work, and maybe that's because we haven't actually faced a tough opponent. And by a tough opponent, opponent, you know, I don't mean necessarily a Liverpool or a City, but maybe a tough away trip to... Actually, we have. We played Palace. What am I talking about? Okay, yeah. Forget that. We're, we're ready. We're primed. Okay? I don't I don't want to uh, make any changes that are unnecessary, mm-hmm. per se. But yeah. We've got uh, one more question. Hey, hold on. What about you? Uh, I mean, I'm pretty much going to second you, Firen, to be honest. Um, I would like Tielemans. Uh, but I think if we do get Tielemans, I don't think he benches Xhaka off the bat. But I think we need a midfielder that can can compete with him because uh, at the end of the day that all the best teams have no safe no safe player um, so yeah I, I would want a mid- another midfielder but not necessarily to bench Xhaka but just to compete and uh, maybe, maybe bench him if he benches him great we've got a better player if he doesn't then well then we've also got a great player already um, yeah. and then when we if he comes off we, we're not losing that much talent so yeah I think a uh, midfielder you got to earn the right problem. Yeah, exactly. You can't just come in and get it. Yeah, 100%. Um, we've got one more question. It's the last one. Uh, this is from, uh, oh, he's been following me for a while now. He's he's, he's a great guy. Great guy. Um, AFC underscore Bob. Um, and the question is, how would you treat the Europa League at the early stages of the season? Uh, would you use it for youngsters, people out the first 11, players coming back from injury? Or would you sort of implement first team players in there or would you just sort of mainly do just youngsters really? Well, I think traditionally we've found that being in the Europa League in the last, I don't know how many seasons it's been, but we know that the group stage, the team, the type of teams, the profile teams that you'll be playing in the group stage aren't those that particularly 
um, as challenging as the ones that you'd find in the Premier League. So um, I don't know. I don't think there'll be much reason to be playing your strongest starting 11 or Mm -hmm. half a a strong starting 11 because you've got to remember that it's Thursday, then Sunday. So a very small window to rest and recover. So in that that respect, um, I would like to see, and I'm sure he will, uh, play, you know, the the quote unquote the B team, but the B team ain't even that bad, really. You look yeah. at the, you, you know, like I said, you look at the bench today. You look at the players coming back from injury. Um, who, are you, who are you looking most forward to see? From, I, from I, sort of the young, yeah. the youngsters and the ones coming in. Who are you most looking forward to see? I'm really excited to see Vieira play, and I'm really yeah. excited to see um, Inketia get minutes and get goals and come out. You know, just just like I said, mm-hmm. uh, just introduce himself and actually be ready to come on the pitch and be razor sharp. Um, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe as well. I, I think he's going to struggle to get games in, you know, in the Premier League or push into the first team because so, so as long as Odegaard does what he needs to do, um, he, he's going to find it quite tough. But that's why the Europa League and, you know, cup competitions are so important for these kind of players. They need to get minutes and they need to continue mm-hmm. with their pro- progression. I, I want to see Marquinhos. He's yeah. the one who excites me. I want to see him. Um, but no, I, w- I would agree with you and say that sort of the early Europa games, I would maybe put in, not necessarily starters, but I would put in first team players like the Emil Smith-Rowe, maybe Vieira, um, so he can get some minutes under his belt, some solid minutes. Um, and maybe um, like a, another player in, um, maybe Gabriel in defence with, with holding or something. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, just, just, just for the sort of the security I think we might might be good for that. Um, and like I said, yeah, because if we're going Thursday to Sunday, the league obviously at that stage is more important, but we don't want to sort of not not go into the, the game seriously. Like we do want to win each game and we want to win our group and we want to sort of send ripples throughout the, the cup to, for people to fear us, really. Um, yeah. that's, that's the main thing. But yeah, I definitely think it should be used as an opportunity for players to, who are on the cusp of, of getting game time on the first team to prove to, to us and to Arteta that they can be relied on and called upon. Um, and that's something that we've seen. This is what Saka did. This is how Saka got into the team, was using the Europa League games. Something that Emma Smith-Rowe did. He used the Europa League games. Eddie Nketiah did the same thing. Um, and he did all the cup games and he got his call up through through there. Um, Martinelli did the same thing as well. So it, it, it's sort of the rite of passage. Um, but the one that I'm most looking forward to would be Vieira and Marquinhos. I'm really excited to see them. Yeah. What about you, James? Uh, you know, I'd echo the same um, Vieira because we haven't seen him as a new signing. And Marquinhos, you've just seen him like rip up the academy. Destroy <laughs> when- it, man. When, when he's been playing. So um, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing him and hopefully when he does get that chance in, in a Europa League game, Arteta might go, you know what, stuff the academy. I'm just going to put him straight in because that's, that's you know, that's the the standard that I think he sets for himself in the academy. You've seen it. He's, he's, he's been scoring goals. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited to see Vieira as well because he's a new signing and, and just to see how every, everyone gels together when we have a full squad of our new signings, who we might be signing next week or in the weeks to come. Into I think the the window shuts in September the first or second. September the first at September the 1st, yeah. Uh, yeah, eleven p.m. Isn't it? Yeah, so we've got some time, but um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to just how this whole squad is is going to gel together, and hopefully we we create some some special memories this season. Yeah. 
Any yeah, other that, questions? Uh, no, nah, that was all the... Oh, uh, no, that was all the questions. Wicked. All right. Thank you very much for sending in your questions. Um, once again, I think Monty has now become our question man. So before we go <laughs> on the show, he'll put out a tweet and you can send it over to him. Make sure you're following the uh, AFC Monty. Uh, before we go, I do want to have a, just a very quick chat about the uh, All or Nothing documentary because we saw three more episodes yeah, you uh, released on Thursday, and boys, I have I to tell you. I haven't watched you. them all yet, but you can talk yeah. about. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, no worries. I mean, the last episode that you haven't watched um isn't as incredibly like uh yeah, gri- it's gripping as, yeah, as yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, juicy. The, yeah, juicy as the yeah. As, as the first two. It's more, it's, it's more like um you know talking about the games that we have come in, like the the the, the games in the mid middle of the season. But anyway, Is it four, let, five, and six. It was on there. Was that? Was it four, five, and six, or just five and? Four, five, four, six. five, and six. But I think I think we'll, we'll talk about four and five because those were the two episodes for me anyway that stuck out, um, and I'm, I am going to watch them again because I learned so much. I didn't think we'd get this much insight in the club, but I feel like I know individuals that we don't get to see as much a lot more than I did before, um, and and you know what happens. Um, how negotiations happen, the relationships between the execs, you know, how involved Richard Garlick is, how involved Vinay is, how much they, they, or they see of each other. And it was so like, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was so refreshing to see them work so collaboratively, but also um, each of them having their individual roles and you can see kind of who exerts how much influence. Um, but, you know, putting that aside, I want to talk about the man himself and that's Mikel Arteta. Um, and if there's one thing that I learned from, I've learned from this, 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 this documentary so far is that we've got super me. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. He clearly yeah. knows what he's doing. He, he, I mean, when he talks about the game and when he talks about, um, it's, it's not just the tactical side because I, I think we can all become managers because we all know the game we all know how manager, to play right? what's that I'm playing football manager as we speak so I, I... <laughs> but no but this is the thing like any any fan or most fans most super fans people who watch football avidly people who are football obsessed can walk into a room and have a conversation of Mikel Arteta and have a conversation of most managers and I'm sure coming out of that conversation both of them can agree on the tactical side of the game you know um but what what makes a manager special is knowing how to get the best out of his, his group of players and Arteta just seems I feel like to know what these players need um and you know his man um, is, is that what they call it? Man, man coaching, man management, man, management. Man, 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 his man management skills are just getting better and better and better. Um, and I'm just see, I'm seeing more and more of, of the Arteta side that I didn't think existed because, you know, in my mind, watching those first three episodes, the Arteta that I was introduced to was a little bit, you know, a little bit boring, a little bit frail, a little bit quiet, a little bit less animated. But then I saw, the Arteta in, 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 in uh, four, five and six. And yeah. And, and, and I could see Pep straight away, like the way that he's moving frantically around in the dressing room, pulling the tactic board, uh, putting video clips on the, uh, you know, on, 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 on the screen, pointing, shouting. That's what I want to see. You know, I need these players to understand the club that they're playing for. This isn't some, you know, Sunday league. This isn't just grassroots football. This is Arsenal football. People depend on you to perform well. You know, the mm-hmm. community grows 
And and this is the one thing I love about football. And you know, when a lot of people they they maybe they're critical of the way that I uh, present football, or maybe they don't understand why I love football so much. Football is bigger than the sport. It builds communities. It builds areas. When I was growing up in North London, Arsenal was an integral part of my growing up, of like of my childhood. Like you know, uh, um, uh, Robin Van Persie and Dennis Burkamp built the football pitch two minutes down the road so that we could go and play there rather than doing whatever else. You know, I was directly involved in um, the Arsenal ICT course that they that they offered in schools. I, I, I was there. I did it. I learned skills from it. I made friends from it, you know, and these are the things that matter. Football isn't just about going to a game, watching the game being entertained for 90 minutes. It's a lifestyle. It brings people together. And this is what I'm seeing in this documentary more and more. The culture and the, you know, what Arsenal Football Club is about is finally unraveling itself. And that is what you have to give credit to, Mikko Arteta for. It's, it's bringing that back, you know? Mm-hmm. I would agree. I, I you know, I, I think that was eloquently put. Um Football isn't just um, ninety minutes and you're done with it. Football is, I, 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 I've, I've learned this. Football is not because I, I've only become a, a real, obs- I would say obsessed. You know, I, I think I live and breathe football now. Not just Premier League football, but every single, every single bit of football I can get my hands on, whether it's digital or or, or real life, I'll, I'll, I'll go for it. And um, I only became a, a real fan of Arsenal in, in, towards the, the start of 2014 when, you know, I, I basically watched my first football game and then I became I, I became obsessed. And, you know, I became an Arsenal fan because my dad's an Arsenal fan. And he became an Arsenal fan because his dad, you know, it's, it's a... It's a, it's a, it's a heritage that you and people that say oh it's just a game no it isn't it's a lifestyle and you have to be you have to be willing to accept it you have to be willing to accept of every season 38 games or 45 games depending on it what um but it's a grind and it's it can be beautiful it can be absolutely heartbreaking at times and we've been there and uh, you know I wouldn't swap it for anything else. Even if, even when I moved from London to Newcastle, I still support Arsenal. I still, I still watch every single game that's on TV. I still, you know, I'm still as as an avid fan as I, I was in London, and I'm, I will, be, I will be like that until the day I, the day I die, probably. Um, so it's an absolute, it's an absolute pleasure to be watching this documentary, an absolute pleasure to be sharing this beautiful club with so many, so many different fans and. Hopefully, you know, it puts Arsenal on the map as well. If it wasn't already, um, to other other fans that want to want to come and enjoy this great sport. Mm. Monty, how did you think um, Arteta dealt with the whole Bamiyang situation? Who do you who do you think came out? Obviously, obviously, Arteta uh, came out looking better. But like, we got a gist of what happened. Like, how how do you think the club managed it? I think they handled it brilliantly um, because what actually happened is um, is different to it's in all or nothing. Um, and the way that they've done it is the club have been classy about it because they haven't sort of slated a player who's obviously scored a lot of goals for us and done a lot for us. Um, so they, they made it professional. It was a very professional break. Um, no one got slandered in the in the in the thing. Michael took all the blame and the pressure um, because he was benching our 
our star player, effectively. Um, but yeah, I think he hands it really well and he's learning on the job. And to, for such a young manager to do something so big, a decision so big, um, it, it's, it's, I think it's, it's refreshing um, because no player is bigger than the club at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, and he's stuck by his guns and, well, it seems to be working out. So I think Arteta's come out on top of this one. I think Aubameyang got what he wanted out of it as well. Um, he went to Barcelona. He's, he's having fun there. If he goes to Chelsea, I don't really care yeah. um, because he, he will always be, in my eyes, an Arsenal legend compared to Chelsea. Do you know what I mean? Um, I feel sorry for the people who bought Aubameyang t- tops, but, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm just really happy with the all or nothing uh, documentary. I think it's 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 showing people who aren't Arsenal fans what what the process is we've got going on, and that our play our team actually is doing any doing something right. Um, so people can't banter us for being banner FC and we're a shambles as a club because, like, sorry, mate, if you support United, um, look in the mirror. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it's good to see, and it, it, it's it's finally converted the people who are ant by Arteta out into being Arteta supporters. There is still this weird pocket of people who don't believe in Arteta, and those people just aren't Arsenal fans. I'm sorry. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's it's just allowed us to see what is actually going on because there were so many um and and questions. We were just like, what is like, eh? And there's a little bit more clarity to it. Um, but now what I'm interested to see is sort of how we how we handled the pressure. Well, we didn't, but um, yeah, I just want to see. Yeah. All right. Well, look, we're going to leave that there. Uh, I think we've been, you know, talking on for quite a while now. So we will uh, pause for a week. <laughs> we will be back. Uh, I want to say a massive thank you to everybody who's been listening. Thank you very, very much. Um, the number of you guys who uh, have listened to the last two podcasts with uh, Elliot from Arsenal Vision Podcast and. Um, oh, wow. Wow. Somebody help me out quickly. This is embarrassing. Sorry, say that again. <laughs> Why have I forgotten Andrew's name? Why did I just go blank? Uh, Andrew oh, oh. from Arsblog. Oh, Arsblog, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah the, the number of you guys that have been listening to those two podcasts uh, specifically has been really, really good, uh, really great and um, you know, really humbling as well. It's, it's nice to know so many of you guys are, um, you know, in, in, in uh, listening and, um, um, you know, taking an interest in these shows. Uh, if it wasn't for you guys, we obviously wouldn't be here. So thank you very much. Uh, but we will be back next week, of course, after the uh, the conclusion of the Bournemouth game. Um, but in the meantime, you can uh, go over to Twitter and, you know, follow us. We do, you know, tweet and um, discuss stuff uh, during the week. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Ask Therapy Pod. You can find um, James on Twitter, James Payne AFC. You can find Monty on Twitter. Um, just type AFC Mon- Monty. Just yeah, just type in yeah AFC Monty. You can find me at Gunner since '96. Um, and also, we are posting you know uh, blogs regularly on the website. So uh, head over to the Arsenal Therapy Pod dot com to read those uh, but yeah that's it from us for another week we will see you next week until then have yourselves a very good week um stay protected with this second kind of heat wave uh, going across the uk or you know wherever you are stay safe uh, and we'll see you then thank you very much bye bye guys